All right, let's, let's get back into our study. We had started last week. Uh, we had a study called Pray Like Jesus. So we're actually kind of going through some of the gospel writings and walking through and seeing Jesus pray. Uh, t- today we're going to hear him pray a little bit and see some of the words that he says. Um, but we're talking about praying like Jesus. Remember, uh, Jesus is here to teach us. Well, he's here to rescue us and save us. There's no doubt about it. But he also has in mind to teach us how to be humans. You know, sin has messed us up. Sin has caused us to, to get, get uh, uh, marred. The image of God in us has been marred and twisted up and perverted. Jesus comes along and he shows us what it is to be human. Uh, you hear his teachings and you hear him talk about how we're to, to treat each other, how we're to handle our resources and our money, how do we, we're, we're to even raise our children and things, that, how we're to love God with all our heart, soul, mind. He is teaching us what it is to be human. Now, we're talking about prayer right here. Jesus knows that you cannot be uh, the human God created you to be without God. You can't do it. See, God created us. He, he had something in mind when you came on the scene. He had, he had a particular plan and a particular purpose. God, God, you, you can't do life without God. You can't do it right. You need Him. God breathed in, God created us. God breathed into us. We're living off of His breath. God created us with His touch. All of those kind of things. We cannot live without God. And God put them in the garden and He blessed them. We can't live without the blessing of God. So Jesus is kind of teaching us. And a big part of our relationship living with God is just learning to talk to Him. We call that prayer. Just, just learning to talk to God about things. You know, I mean, relationships are built on conversation, aren't they? They're built on the ability for someone to share their heart with you and for you to share your heart with somebody, good, bad, ugly, whatever it might be. That's how relationships are built. They're built through, through word and, and conversation. Our relationship with God is built the same way. It's built in us talking to God. We're learning to pray like Jesus. Now, we went over these scriptures last week, just kind of real briefly quick, and we got, got into the, uh, the aspects of looking at some of the things that, that Jesus did when he prayed. Remember, we, we, we laid out these three these, Several things. He prayed in the morning, right? One passage said he got up way before the sun came up. Uh, he prayed alone. We saw that a lot, didn't we? We'll see that again today. He prayed alone. He prayed in the evening as well. He prayed outside. He went up to mountaintops and prayed and things of that nature. Uh, Jesus stood before God when he prayed at times, he said. When you come and stand before God. He talked about forgiveness when you pray. And that alone thing outside. And then we talked about all night long. You know what I'm talking about? We talked about that deal. All right. So, and then, then again, alone. And he also prayed with others. We're going to see that again today as well. So, so let's get into this idea again. A little bit fresh and anew. Let's, let's go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 5 through 8. And let's, let's hear what Jesus has to say about prayer. He just talks more and more. Now, this is not going to be a comprehensive type teaching where I go over everything. In fact, um, we, we did a series a couple years ago, I think it was. It, it was called The Jesus Way to Pray. And we went through the Lord's Prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. All of that. We went through all that in great detail. I'm not going to do that in this particular study. I don't think I am yet. Um, but if you want to go, it's on the website. You can go and listen to the series, all that kind of thing. This particular scripture is just right before what we call the Lord's Prayer. So let's go into this one right here. Where did my Bible app go? There it is. All right, so what did I say? Verse number 5. Matthew 6, verse number 5, just through 5 through 8. And then verse number 9 picks up the Lord's Prayer. Are you ready? All right, you open up your Bible, you open up your Bible app, and you're looking at it on your phone. What's the very first thing you recognize about this passage? It's in red. What does that mean? It's the words of Jesus. So we go on red alert. We go on red alert, right? 
We're listening keenly. We're always listening keenly to the scripture, but when Jesus speaks, it's like heaven's talking to us. We're listening to the king of the kingdom speak to us. He says, and when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites. Well, nobody wants to be like a hypocrite. Well, I say nobody. It's not a good thing, is it? It's a very negative connotation. But here's the idea of the word hypocrite. It's the word actor in their world. It was the word actor. It was somebody who would go to a particular place, a theater or something, a stage, and they would put on a costume and they would act out a part. It wasn't real. I mean, what they were doing was just becoming something else for a time, and then they stepped out of that and became themselves again. You know, religious people can do that too, can't they? We can step into our little church suit and we can come in here and we can put it on and we can our little Jesus smile and we step right in and we go back to work and we step right out of that and we cussing and fussing just like everybody else. Ah, we don't need that, right? We we don't we don't need we we've all acted and acted up too much already, hadn't we? All right, so Jesus said, Don't 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 be like those who are trying to put on the show. This is not about a show. All right? He says, For for these actors, these hypocrites, they love to pray standing in the synagogue. We, we call it church. They, they love to pray standing up in church and on the corners of the streets. Listen to this. That they may be seen by men. People going to see them. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. Now, I want to tell you, that's a bad exchange for you to put on a show for everybody else to think you're all high and mighty when you really need God to move in your life or in the situation or your family. Don't trade that off. Because, see, we don't want to be seen by men. We want to be heard by God. That's what we want. We, we don't want people to just know that we're, we're Mr. Wonderful and, 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 and Miss, Miss uh, you know, Do Good and all that kind of stuff. We, we don't want people to think of us like that. Now, we want to be good. But we're not trying to put on the religious garb in front of people and say, hey, look how spiritual I am. As Jesus said, if that's what you're going for, when people say, oh, boy, he's Mr. Wonderful, that's all you get. That, that ain't going to fly. Because we got real needs. We, we don't want to be seen by men. We want to be heard by God. Amen. Our audience is not with each other. I think that's why Jesus talks a lot about praying alone. Because it's what you do by yourself that's the real deal. You understand that? Now, there's nothing wrong with us praying in public. There's nothing wrong with that. It's the attitude of the heart we got to watch. I have to pray in public, and, and honestly, sometimes I don't like it. I, I mean, I, I was nervous as a cat one time, and I, I made a big faux pas in, uh, in, in a prayer meeting one time. It was one of them courthouse prayer meetings, you know? I, I was there, and there was probably... Ah, Three, four hundred people around the courthouse square, you know how they do, and they put all the preachers up there, and one, this one prays for this, this prays for this, this prays for this, this. I had my prayer all laid out. For for one, I don't usually do this. I mean, some guys do it, and it works for them. For one, I hadn't written my prayer out. I wrote it out. I hardly ever do that. It just always just kind of comes off my mind. But this time I wrote it out, and I was going to be good. <laughs> it was my turn. And I was going to use a word in the middle of that prayer, right? Well, it's at the beginning of it, in, in the middle of the first sentence. And I was going to say, oh, Lord, we beseech you in the name of Jesus. Ain't nobody ever said beseech before <laughs> outside of King James English. You know what I'm saying? 
I had my associate pastor standing right there beside me. He was kind of off the platform over there. And I said this. I said, oh, Lord, we impeach you in the name of Jesus. And I stopped. I mean, I'm just, everybody goes silent. And I'm like, and, and I, I just, and my associate pastor there, his good friend, he looked at me and he said, that ain't the right word. You said impeach. I was like, oh, Jesus, help me. <laughs> I am so sorry. And so I, I, I was red faced and embarrassed. I, we just, amen, we got to go now. You know, we got it. This is this deal's done. We and my associate pastor he looked at me. He said, he said, now look, brother, I love you and everything, and I'm with you. He said, but if we if you impeaching God, you on your own. I ain't with you on that deal. <laughs> so I went home and I said, Lord, I'm I'm so sorry. He said, that's gonna teach you. You be yourself everywhere you go. You stop that mess. I'm just a young pastor. I thought I, I you know, gonna be my chance to, you know, the mayor was there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but you know all that kind of stuff I've had my bouts with that you know what I'm talking about I've had my bouts with that I don't want to be seen by people I want to be heard by God that's a big deal alright so so he said be careful with that alright verse 6 but you when you pray go into your room and when you have shut your door pray to your father who is in the secret place oh he's talking about alone right We've seen that before, right? Haven't we seen that already? About going and getting alone with God. I say it like this. Get alone with God until you're not alone anymore. Until you begin to sense His presence and you just know He's there with you. Now we know that by faith, but I so like to feel it, don't you? I like to know when He's there. I like that. So he said, get get by yourself. Get with your Father. Close yourself in that secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. See, the other was doing it openly and nothing happened. Nothing of meaning or effectiveness or of kingdom value would happen. Jesus says right here, if you get into that secret place and you get down to business with Father, it's just you and Him. It's just real. It might be it might be tears. It might be shakes. It might be fears. It might be anything you pour out to him. It might be requests. It might be desires. It might be hopes and dreams. Whatever it is you're putting, putting out, it might be needs that you have in your life. Whatever it is, it says God will hear in that secret place and will reward you openly. That's what we want. See, the disciples are asking Jesus, according to Luke, they're asking Jesus, Lord, will you teach us to pray? Teach us how to pray. Notice they didn't say teach us how to multiply fish and loaves. They didn't say teach us how to walk on water. That would have been a neat little lesson there. But they said, Lord, teach us how to pray because I believe that they equated all the stuff that Jesus did in public had something to do with what he did when he crawled off by himself every morning and went up on that hill. And so they said, if we can do and learn to do what you do in private... The public stuff's going to take care of itself. And they knew that there was a power connection between Jesus praying to his father and what happened in public. There was, a, there was this power. That, that was the source, right? Verse 7. And when you pray, it's going to give us some more instruction. Do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do. You know, the chants, the mantras, saying things over and over and over, 50 this. 30 this, whatever. 
trying to get you to hum and write with the universe, whatever kind of thing. He said, that's what the heathens do. Don't, don't pray like that. It's not about that kind of thing. Okay? Not even with Scripture. We're not doing that even with Scripture. He says, because these folks, the heathens, they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them. For your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. This has always been real curious to me. For your Father knows already. And you know, I, I think sometimes, well, if you already know, then why do I need to tell you? I'm not being disrespectful. I'm just saying, and I asked him that one time. If you already know, then why we got, he said, because I just want to talk to you about it. And I want you to talk to me about it. I want you to make sure we're on the same page here. Talk to him about it. That's all he's saying. I, I, Father already knows. He just wants you to talk to him about it. Right? Okay. So now there's, there's lots more here. We could get into the Lord's Prayer going in, in that direction. Uh, let, let's go back to our notes here. All right. So no, none of that vain repetition stuff, none of that hypocrite stuff, because we need the right intensity. Let's talk a little bit about intense prayer. Let's talk about like, like bearing down and getting down to business. Okay? So all that, that stuff Jesus just said, it just robs us of strength. It robs us of effectiveness. It robs us of passion because, because, you know, everybody else may not know it ain't real, but you know it ain't. You know you're putting on the show. So, so let, let, intense prayer. Let, let's get down to bare tax. We really need some things to go right. Because, you know, passivity just doesn't get the job done, does it? It just don't get the job. I mean, it don't get the job done spiritually. I mean, do you want an, if you've got a business and you're running it, you want a passive employee? No, you want somebody that's a go-getter, don't you? You want somebody who get after it. If, if you're coaching a ball team or something like that, do you want just a passive ball player and say, well, I thought he would get it? No. We don't want nobody like that. Nobody likes that kind of person. That's not going to get anything done. God wants us all in, in everything. In fact, Jesus says like this, that you want to know how to really be human? Here's how to really be human and do it good. Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Love God with everything you got. Be all in. This idea of intensity. And talking about prayer. Now, Scripture speaks about us crying out to God. Now, that is said time and time again. We ought to do a study on that just by itself. Crying out to God. Where you, you just, help! Just that cry. I mean, that, that, where my voice is even elevated on that deal. I, I am crying out to God. When they were in Egypt, under the bondage of Pharaoh, the Scripture says that they cried out. They cried. First time it says they cried out, they, they just cried out because it was so painful and so harsh. Next thing it says, they cried out to God. Hmm. So learn to make your voice heard in heaven. Learn to cry out to God. David talks about you pouring your heart out to God. Just getting that time. I don't know, it may, it may be a sorrowful thing. It may be grief. It may be pain. It may be loss. It might even be joy. It might be some kind of celebration. Whatever it is that's in there, good, bad, or ugly. David said, learn to pour your heart out to God. Talk about intensity now. Then we went through the book of James just recently. James talks about the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much or gets a lot done. This idea of fervent prayer. What is fervent prayer? Well, it ain't twiddling your thumbs and say, Lord, I hope you bless us and thank you for this tuna fish sandwich. Ain't nothing wrong with that. 
thanking God for your meal, but that's that's not this fervent prayer he's talking about. See what I'm talking about? This idea of fervent prayer. Now, Paul talks about this when, when he's talking about intensity. Paul talks about us wrestling with spiritual wickedness in high places. He talks about us wrestling with principalities and powers. He talks about us wrestling with these rulers of darkness. Now, what about wrestling? You know what I need? I, I need to get Hank and Easton in here to show you what that's all about. That's what we need, ain't it? They'll get to tussling with it, won't they? <laughs> get my two little dogs in here. They, they, they run in. I, I was outside or in the house. They were outside. I was in the, the bedroom there, and I, I, I heard something bumping on the wall, like boom, 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 boom. I looked out the window, and them two little dogs were wrestling and slamming each other against the wall right there on the brick wall. It was like, good Lord. Well, they were wrestling, and there's a difference. It's not wrestling. It's wrestling. There's a big difference. <laughs> so this idea of wrestling, it's this idea of combat, that we're, we're in this fight, you know? And, it, and if, you're, if you come to a fight and you're not all in, you're going to get your tail kicked. You hear what I'm talking about? So, so he's talking about this idea of wrestling with these spiritual powers that are trying to control all of our, our, our finances and all of our politics and all of our kids and all the kind of things that's happening in our communities and our families. He said, you've got to get down to business and get intense because we're not at church on a picnic. We're a people at war. And there's an enemy. And if you hadn't noticed lately, he ain't backing up. If you hadn't noticed lately, he has upped his game a whole lot in the last two years. He has come out full bore. And you know what? The church has gone backwards and he's come forward and look what mm, look what's going on. Paul talked about our warfare and pulling down strongholds. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, he talked about this, this idea of warfare. You know? And this is all spiritual wars. He's not talking about taking up all kinds of weaponry and all this kind of physical kind of things. He's talking about this, this spiritual battle and this intense spiritual battle that's going on all around us. And the Bible gives us knowledge on it. It tells us what's happening. And beloved, our intensity level has to rise if we're going to rescue this generation. If you're going to see your kids come to Christ, I mean your kids, not just the kids all out and in, in, you know, they don't go to church. I'm talking about your kids, my kids. If we're going to see those kids come to Christ, our intensity level for Jesus has got to go up. It's got to go up a lot. The enemy's up to his game, and we, we've got to, in order just to even stay at pace with him, we've got to up our game. But we don't want to stay at a pace with him. We want to defeat him and overcome him. And we're going to have to do some stuff different. And that means my, my, my study and my, my shaping of my mind and my thoughts, that, that has to intensify. To the good. My worship with God and in and, and church and, and, and at home and in my car and all this, that's got to intensify. Our gatherings to eat with each other, that's got to intensify. If we're going to break these strongholds off of people and they're getting stronger and stronger and the, and the world's getting darker and darker and there's more despair going around than we can shake a stick at. And if we're going to counteract that with the blessing of God, we're going to have to intensify our efforts to see God move. I just believe it. Now, I want to tell you a story. A story about intensity. This guy actually gets in trouble. Second Kings 13. What was the, what was the reference? 13 what? 13, 14. Y'all remember that. Second Kings 13, 14. 
Remember Elijah and Elisha? The prophets of God? This is Elisha. This is, this is his last recorded act. Elisha will soon die after this. this is his, he's, he's an old man. He's, he's sick at home in the bed and the king needs to talk to him. Okay? Um, the king comes to him. Look at what happens. Elisha had become sick with the illness of which he would die. Then Joash, the king of Israel, came down to him and wept over his face and said, Oh, my father, the chariots of Israel and their horsemen. In other words, you're about to die. We've seen that phrase right there. That phrase was spoken over Elijah, wasn't it? Remember Elijah when he got taken up into heaven by the chariot of fire? And Elisha said to him, Take a bow and some arrows. Now, there's, there's trouble in Israel. They're, they're being threatened by Syria. Syria's always been a trouble for the people of God. And, and they're, they, they're, they're coming to fight. There's going to be a war. And the king needs input from the prophet. And he comes to Elisha. And Elisha says, take a bow and some arrows. So he took himself a bow and some arrows. And then he said to the king of Israel, Put your hand on the bow. So he put his hand on it, and Elisha put his hands on the king's hand. So he's holding the bow, and Elisha is going to bless him with this. And he said, open the east window. And he opened it. And Elisha said, shoot. Shoot an arrow out there. And he shot it. And he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria. For you must strike the Assyrians at Aphek, Till you have destroyed them, destroyed all of them. Okay? He's got some more instruction. Now he tells the king. The prophet tells the king. He said, take some arrows. And he took them. And he said to the king of Israel, what I want you to do, I want you to take those arrows and I want you to strike the ground. As if you're fighting the enemy with the arrows. I want you to strike the ground. And it says, and he struck the ground three times and he stopped. You get the picture of what's happening here? This illustrated thing. He takes a handful of arrows and he takes those arrows on the ground. <laughs> Strike it three times. The prophet's not happy. The man of God was angry with him. And he said, you should have struck five or six times. You should have gone wild thinking God could help you. Then you would have struck Syria till you destroyed it, but now you will strike it only three times and they're going to eat your lunch after that. That's what it means. You get the point? He, he, he wasn't passionate about this thing. He, he was just halfway in and, and the prophet said, I, I want you to strike that like you're striking the enemy. And he goes, boom, boom, boom. And Elisha said, what? Are you kidding me? Your heart ain't in this, boy. You come to me for help. You come to God for help. You want God to be all in and you're not all in. It don't work that way. He said, God, I'll honor you a little bit. But after that, the enemy's going to get you. So God wanted him to be in it. He wanted his heart to be there. I mean, this is what I say. God, God wanted him to take them arrows, and God wanted him to say, boom, 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 boom. We're going to win this thing. We're going to do this. We're going to get that boy free. We're going to get this enemy out of here. You see what I'm talking about? That's what he wanted. What God wanted. Intensity level's got to go up now. You tracking? All right. 
Let's go see Jesus in an intense moment. All right, we'll wrap it up with this one. Matthew 26. We're going to meet Jesus in a place called Gethsemane. The word Gethsemane means the place of the press or the place of the olive press. Okay. So 26, 36 says this. Then Jesus, let me get my, my pen right here. All right. Then Jesus came with them. Who's them? What's the disciples? He's got 11 of them. What happened to one of them? Well, the devil then got him, didn't he? Judas, he's already gone. All right. So Jesus and the 11 disciples come to this place called Gethsemane. So come to this place. Luke says this was, it was his custom. So we, we're not going to go back and look at our notes, but we talked about getting alone. Jesus talked about a secret place. And according to the scriptures, Gethsemane was a place that Jesus frequently went. So if you're, go, if you're going to pray intensely, you need a place. I mean, with, 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 with your husband and your wife, don't you have a favorite restaurant you just like to go to here and there? Say, so, yeah, it's the harbor. It's the only one we got. No, it's... <laughs> well, we got carols. <laughs> don't you have a favorite place? Yeah. Everybody's got relations. We got favorite places with meat. Jesus, one of his favorite places was Gethsemane. He went there. I was blessed to go there several years ago. If you go to the traditional site, where the, the church is there at Gethsemane, where I forgot what, what it's called. Um, there's a, there's a, a Catholic church there on a traditional site that's Geth, called Gethsemane. Right across, there's a little dirt road that goes right by it. Right across that street right there is where our tour guide, our teacher took us. And it was a place, I think I may have told you, it was an olive grove that was there. All these big, huge olive trees. I mean, these things this huge. I mean, this big around, they're beautiful trees. Kind of gnarly and kind of, you know. And he took us into this little garden. And there in the garden was a hole cut in the ground. And when I say a hole, I'm talking about, it was a hole about the size of this room. Big old hole. And right in there was a press. It was an ancient olive press. And it might have been the place they were. I just thought that was so neat. But Jesus is in that kind of place right there. He's at his olive grove. He's about to pray. He tells the disciples, he tells eight of them, he says, sit here while I go, and I'm going to go, and I'm going to pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. Who were they? James and John, right? And he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. So it's heavy. It's heavy time, right? The cross is just right there. Judas is coming tonight. Then he said to him, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. So Jesus is about to hit the heavy. It's the heaviest time of his life and ministry right here. He had never felt what he's feeling right now. And it says that in the time he got the heaviest, he went to pray. That ought to teach us something right there, huh? The time that he was the most burdened by the things that were going on and had to happen, he prayed. And this is, he didn't, he didn't call it prayer right here in Matthew. He said, I want you to watch. 
What do you think of when you hear the word watch? And I mean, I'm talking about this kind of watch. I'm talking about this kind of watch. Observing. Watching. Right? It's like on guard. It's, it's like a military term. You know, they got all these watchtowers that they build all throughout Israel. They're very familiar with this kind of idea. They got these watchtowers they, they put over their, their fields. The enemy's not going to come in here. The foxes ain't going to come in here. Possum scouted. I don't know if they got possums in Israel, but you know what I'm talking about. Somebody's got to be on watch because there's an enemy out there. And Jesus doesn't call this a prayer meeting. He calls it a watch meeting. And he's going to go pray. That's that war idea again. All right. He said, I want you to watch with me. And he went a little further and he fell on his face and he prayed. Hmm. Fell on his face. What's that? He just laid out, laid out before his father. He's humbled himself as much as he possibly can. He, he can't get no lower than that. And this is what he said. Now, this is holy stuff right here now. I mean, this is Jesus talking to his father. We get a peek into this, this holiness of this thing, this holy place. He says, oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. It's getting tight. Jesus didn't want to leave these disciples. If there's any other way we can do this. So he's struggling. So he's teaching us how to be human. This, the struggle is real. Jesus is going to be the only one that ever answers this kind of situation correctly. All of us get in that kind of situation and we cave and we buckle and we, we fall into temptation or we, we, we bow out and we pull off. Jesus is going to take the whole brunt of all of this. The enemy's going to put it on him. Sin is coming. And he says, if it's any way possible, I, I don't want to drink this cup of wrath as one, one prophet says it. Is there any way other than we could do this? And he's struggling. Let this be another way. But look at this. Look at what he says right here. This is something we need to learn to pray. This is one of the purposes of prayer, actually. Look at what he prays. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. See, we're in this season of fasting and prayer, which we're all always to be in that. But we're just kind of intensifying it a little bit. Why do you fast? Why do you fast from something? Why do you fast from the table or maybe the media or the TV or something of that nature? We, we've kind of modified some of it in these days. Why do you fast? You fast to get to this point right here. You fast to put your flesh and your desires on hold to remind you it's not about what my body wants. It's not about what my mind wants. It's not about those Oreo cookies that's making me spread out like peanut butter. It ain't about all that kind of stuff. I'm talking about me, not you. <laughs> it ain't about my flesh getting what it wants. It's not about Ron having his way. I find the place of prayer, and this is why it makes it so difficult sometimes. The place of prayer is, is for me to get in the posture to where I say, God, not what I want, but what you want. Let it be. Amen. And I'm trying to get to this place that, that no matter what the cost is. And mind you, 
the people that wrote these words of Jesus, think of the price that Matthew paid to get us this. So, so, so put that in your prayers. More importantly, put it in your heart. This is intense now. It's, it's, it's intense when you start telling God, okay, I'll do what you want to do. I'll put mine on the back burner. That's intense now. But there's no other way. H haven't you discovered what you want is a mess? Haven't you discovered what Jeremiah the prophet said? He said, the heart is deceitfully wicked above all. Who can even understand it? Mm -hmm. Hadn't you understood what the prophet said when he said, there's a way that seems right to you, but it's, it's the way that leads to death? Oh, it's a way that seems fun, seems good. But it's a dead end street with a capital D. So Jesus breaks from this moment of praying and he comes to the disciples. And he found them asleep. He said to Peter, Peter, what? What? Could you not watch with me for one hour? Jesus must have been gone a little while. He's gone an hour or so, I guess. Could you not just even watch? Not just pray, watch. You, you can't be in this warfare with me for one hour? And he says this, watch and pray. And this, this is important. Lest you enter into temptation. See, watching and praying is better than praying for God to get you out of a mess. Because, see, watching and praying is designed to help you avoid the temptation. See, the temptation is what happens before all the other stuff comes with it. Right? And he said, if you, if you learn to watch and pray, you actually will get to the place to where you begin to avoid things. You begin to avoid that particular thing that used to keep you bound and keep you all tore up or keep you all in a mess or keep you all in addiction or whatever it might be. He said you learn to watch and pray because when you watch and pray it'll keep you from entering in that place of temptation. In fact it says it like this when Jesus taught us to pray. Lord help me not to be led into temptation. I don't want to go through that test. If I can avoid that test. Yes sir you sure can. Don't walk by her desk. Go some other way. Okay, that's what we're doing. Thank you. You know what I'm talking about? That kind of deal. And the advice he gives us right here, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. A lot of wisdom right there. There's a part of us that wants to be like this. But, but we just we give out. Okay? And Jesus, again, a second time, he went out and prayed. He said, oh, Father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. So he prayed something similar again the second time. Now, at this point, Luke 22:44, Luke's account of this, he says this. He says, being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. So he's in agony, so he even bared down even harder. He didn't give up. Now, so that's where we go. It gets harder, and we back up. It got harder on Jesus, and he bared down. You see the difference? We're talking about praying like Jesus. So it gets harder. Okay, so you're praying. You're praying for that kid, whatever it is. Let's say it like that. we got grown kids. You're praying for that kid, and you keep praying for them, and it looks like they're going the wrong direction. You give up and say, well, it ain't working. No, you don't give up. You keep watching, and you keep praying. And if you do like Jesus, you bear down even harder. That's where we are. That's where Sandy and I are right now. 
seeing things we don't like. We're going to give up? No, that's my kid. I ain't giving up. Or it's my neighbor, or it's, it's, it's my uncle, or it's my grandmother, it's, 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 my, it's, it's my sister, it's my brother, it's, it's, it's my friend. No, we don't give up when we see him going the wrong direction. We bear down. That's what Jesus did. He prayed even more earnestly. And he prayed so hard. Look at this. This is intense. Now we're talking about intensity. This is about as intense as it gets. Sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. That's pretty intense now. And he came and found them asleep again. Isn't that just like it is? Jesus bearing down and we we rolling over. (laughs) Help us, Lord. Cain found them asleep, for their eyes were heavy. So he left them, went away again, prayed the third time, saying the same words. There's lots more we can say about that, about all this. But we got to increase the intensity, folks. And I'm not talking about what all happens in here. I'm talking about what mostly what happens in our private place, in our secret place, between you and God. Eternity is hanging in the balance for a whole lot of folks now, and that's serious business. You hear what I'm talking about? And you got to get to the point where you know that your prayers make a difference. you got to know that. I just rebuke that old foul spirit that's just been lying to you, saying God's not hearing you, God doesn't care, God's not listening to me, or I'm not living right, I, I can't do that. All, that. all that foul spirit talking to you about all that kind of stuff, he just don't want you to fight him. He don't, he don't like a wrestling match because if he ever gets in a wrestling match with somebody who's got the armor of God on, it's like wrestling Jesus. And he don't like that. He knows he can't win that fight. So he, 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 he don't want to get in a fight with you, so he just keeps you from fighting. Hmm. But pray like Jesus. Just, get, get it, just, just bear down even harder. Just bear, we, we, we're going to do it. You know, I tell you what, you, you old foul spirit, I'm, I'm going I'm, I'm to give it 10 more minutes today. I'm, I'm going to call her now. I tell you what, I'm going to get on the back side of that back porch and the neighbor's going to hear me. I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm tired of this mess. Jesus, you come into their life. You send somebody into their path and I ask you today to touch them. I ask you today to encourage them. I ask you today to help them. I ask you today to heal that brokenness in the name of Jesus. Somebody's got to get after it now. I'm done. Now, you see, this is where we get confused theologically. See, the ultimate battle, Jesus is going to win. There ain't no doubt about that. That's already been set in stone. It's already been written in the book, told how it's going to happen. The ultimate battle is going to happen. And he's going to win. But see all these battles over our life? The verdict's still out on all those now. You hear what I'm talking about? How many times are you going to strike the ground? You're going to get your arrows and just flip them and say, ah, well, I hope it happens. Boom. You ain't getting nothing. See what I'm talking about? Now, see, if you start praying like this, you want to be alone. You don't want nobody saying this. 
they're going to check you in somewhere now. I'm going to tell you, you better go get a secret place and get along with, your, with, with God. Sometimes Sandy comes in, I'll be on the back deck, and she'll come in, I'm, you know, wipe myself. Well, I, don't, I don't want her to even see it, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. It's, it's just between me and him. <laughs> Lord, help us. Lord, I thank you for your example. Lord, I, help you, I, I ask you to help us to pray like you. And there's just something about it. If, if we learn to pray like you, Lord, I, I think we'll just learn to become more like you. I forgive us where we fail, Lord. Unfortunately, I think sometimes, myself included, Lord, we're more like those disciples that fell asleep at the prayer meeting than the ones that bared down. But Lord, help this change. It changed in the disciples' life. Lord, I pray it'll change in ours. A lot at stake here, Lord. Thank you that you've given us a way we can be a part of the victory. In the name of Jesus, we pray, the name of the one who bared down when it got hard. In the name of the one who shed blood on my behalf to save me. In the name of the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.